Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Generic Video Game Podcast. Today, Molly and I will discuss the dozens of new releases we're playing on PS5 and Series X. The never ending internal battle of whether to buy new retro consoles or to continue to buy many of the classic compilations on modern hardware. Is there ever enough time? Also, is Molly still stable after getting through Ghosts and Goblins Resurrection? Was she too mesmerized by Alcina Dimitrescu to concentrate? Any thoughts on Guilty Gear Strive? All of this or none, and the stress on this may be none because upon this intro being performed, we learned of Japan's studio being shut. So we're going to see what we get to in this upcoming 90 minutes. Welcome to episode 43 of the Generic Video Game Podcast. That, you know, it really hit me harder than I thought it was going to do. Like, like, I, I mean, technically Japan Studio wasn't dead. Um, Team Asobi is still around, which good for them. Like, I, I think the Astro Boss stuff is great. But just like, and, and, you know, Anthony and I are talking about this a little bit before the show. And he kind of said, too, is like he hadn't fully thought about how many games Japan Studio had a hand in until he looked at the list. And it was the same for me because there's just games that you forget that they, you know, and, and, and people have brought up like, OK, Japan Studio didn't necessarily develop all these games themselves. And that's that's true. But they were, you know, the catalyst in a lot of this stuff getting created. And it's just, there's so many games and so many titles that, for me, symbolize the PlayStation. You know, just, I mean, one of my very first games ever on PlayStation was Jumping Flash. And that was right. a Japan Studio title. And then you just go down the list, which I'm sure we'll talk about some of these games, but title after title like they were games that that defined the playstation to me because you know be, before naughty dog and and before gorilla games and and sony bend and and whoever else you know it, it was all these japanese studios and their japan studio that were making the exclusives that sold me on playstation so it's sad. It's sad just how many games like are now kind of in limbo and just how many experiences that Japan studio gave to me over the years and and now it seems like Sony just doesn't care. I mean, I mean, seriously Anthony, like like for for you, I mean, is, is there anything like how strong is Japan? connected with that word PlayStation. Oh, absolutely. We've discussed this in the past, completely unrelated. And um, I'm paraphrasing my own words, but I said something like when Saturn N64 and PlayStation were coming out, as ignorant as this statement may sound, because those are all Japanese companies, essentially, asterisk by Sega. Um, I thought PlayStation, like, was so Japanese, and I know that's weird coming from someone that's like a Japanophile or otaku, but when you first saw the images of the system, <clears throat> you know, the controller, 
it just felt very Japanese. And I've said this before, you know, I didn't think the PlayStation was going to last or be that or be that successful. I mean, I mean, against, because it's it's yeah. it's funny for people to think about now, but like, it was it was laughable that Sony right. was making a console. You know, Sony was the company that made your made your, you know, your 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 Walkman. It was the company that made that five disc CD changer you had as part of your your you know hi fi setup. It was like mm-hmm. Sony making a console was was crazy. Right, and in hindsight, you know, with what we learn, or with you know, gaming history books and what have you, you know, they had a strong sound chip that they put in the Super Nintendo. And but gaming wise, um, correct me if I'm wrong. I think they had some stuff attached with the Sony name, like on Sega CD. Yeah, they had Sony, were, Sony Image Soft stuff. But I mean, like, yeah, and that's at the time. I think that's what I primarily thought of, and I'm like, man, if this is the type of stuff. <laughs> that's going to be coming on console i'm like there's no way and um yeah and this this whole um japan studio ordeal if you were to test me right now off the top of my head and i do have wikipedia up so i don't want to cheat and just you know sound like a super genius before i brought wikipedia up the other day you know japan studio i'm like oh first thing i think of eco shadow of the colossus which is was their sub-team, Team Eco. Um, there's a couple other titles that, that came to mind as well. But when you go through the annals of history here, um, going all the way back to 1994 and essentially echoing what Molly said, it's they really had at least a hand in all of the unique and exclusive PlayStation-related titles from the start. Uh, even some titles that were import-only or stuff, I hate to bring them up again, stuff you saw on Game Fan or Little Photos, I had no idea they had their hand in his... You know, the first, first one I remember here, because I was like, oh, is this going to come stateside? Crime Crackers. Yep. Jumping Flash, like you said. Ark the Lad was essentially their, their first the kind of... huge. That was I mean, big that was at the like, time. That was one of those games that, like, yeah, people just begged to get in the West. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, there's another one here. It actually, I guess I knew this and forgot. It goes back this far, but it resurged, I think, on PSP and possibly DS, that Popo LaCroix. Yeah. Uh, Wild Arms was big. Wild Alundra. Arms was a huge yeah. JRPG for PlayStation in that era. Yeah, but I think to to drive this point home again and not just list names. But no, but, but wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. But yeah. I mean, let, let's just PlayStation, just PlayStation for now. The yeah. original PlayStation. I mean, yeah. you've got Proper the Rapper. I mean, how 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 big was that? That's that's um, a truly iconic title. Yeah, yeah. Intelligent Cube. Yep. Alundra. Every I mean, Hot Shots Golf. A huge huge title. Devil Dice, I mean, Devil Dice is this, a name maybe people now don't know, but that was a, uh, a huge, like, kind of, like, cult classic. Critically game. acclaimed. It was one of those that may not have been a, a you know, a, a multi-million seller, but people who played it and knew of it loved it. Yep. Um, um Jem Lammy, you had Ape Escape. You had the... That uh, was huge at the time to coincide with the, yep. uh, the analog, the dual, the dual pad, the dual shock. Legend of Dragoon, you had Vib Ribbon... Uh, I mean, 
uh, Boku no Natsu Yasumi, like, we didn't get that in the West, but that was kind of a, a, that was, again, one of those kind of Japanese titles that you always wish would come over because it just seems so different and so interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, just like, I mean, and, and that's like, I read, like, a 16th, if, if, if even, like, or 32nd of the list. Um, not even that. There's, there's tons. There's just tons of games here just on PlayStation alone. And the interesting thing, and part of this is the era, because we're still talking about PlayStation 1, but one of the things that all of those titles essentially have in common is that you can tell this is an era and a team that was still able to take chances, uh, many of which paid off. It gave identity to the PlayStation brand, unique experiences, which helped set Sega apart from Nintendo in their heyday, you know, stuff that set Nintendo apart from the pack in the 80s after the crash of the the industry. These games helped um, give the identity to PlayStation, you know, for fans to take a look. Hey, these experiences are only here. Uh, It's unique. Give us a chance. And then, you know, uh, this that support, you know, it gets eyeballs on it. Other people coming in with other titles we know, but all of that stuff, you know, you've got JRPG, Rhythm, uh, you know, unique mascots, a whole plethora of different things going on there from this team that helped, um, you know, helped out the PlayStation brand. And, and it's so funny, and I, this is something I mentioned on Twitter, but it's so funny because, you know, I think if you ask people now, like, what is PlayStation, right? They're going to need a bunch of, of American-developed games. You know, Ghost of Tsushima, Last of Us, Days Gone, Spider-Man, stuff like that, right? But it's it's funny to remember that the original PlayStation was was almost literally Japan and Europe. Right. Like those were the two sides of its development. You either had all the stuff coming out of Japan, or you had the the weirdo Cygnosis. Western stuff. Yeah, like Cygnosis. Yeah. And the other European teams that were making those kind of games. And it's it just like, it's it's like, just thinking back and looking at these kind of lists, the original PlayStation feels so different compared to the PS5 that we mm-hmm. have now. And I said, like, even this, that name PlayStation, it just sounds so Japanese. The console felt so Japanese. And, and there's so much history on, I mean, two two of my. Well, okay. To be fair, the, the, the one isn't. I was going to say two of my favorite games of all time are from them, but kind of because um, uh, I'm I'm Keiichi. I'm forgetting his last name, but the, the guy basically who made Silent Hill. You know, he 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 went to he made Project Siren. They made the Siren games, and they made Gravity Rush which is one of my favorite games of all time. But so like you had people like that. I'm really bad about names tonight. You had Keiichiro uh, Toyama. Toyama. That's right. And then, um, uh, Ico guy, which I'm, is it, totally- uh, f- that one I know from, uh, Fumito Ueda. Yep. Yep. And, oh man, last guy, last guy was so good. Um, yeah, it's just, and, and just like there's, and, the thing is, like, kind of in the last, I'd say, few months or so, we've we've seen this kind of exodus happening from Japan Studio, and there's been other complications. You know, there was a whole story about CyberConnect Two talking about um, the the rules Sony has now on Japanese games. 
you know, what you can and can't do in them. So, so we've seen this kind of shift of, of how Japanese games are treated and looked at kind of on PlayStation consoles in, in the past few years anyway. But in the past few months, we've seen so much talent kind of leaving Japan studio that we knew this was coming, but it, it was, it's still been sad to see like just how many people have left and how much Sony seems to like not care that this portion of their game development was just kind of withering away. And I must say I'm a bit confused because if this happened, let's say halfway through the PlayStation 3 era or around 2010, I don't think this would be very surprising because of the state of the... That's that whole weird point in time you and I have discussed many times where I considered a transition period where the East, Japan, was trying to... They were still having trouble creating titles that would be success uh, like on a global scale once again. I felt they were having issues with the software and development as things transitioned to the West. And there was a lot of weird partnerships, which obviously have stopped or dissolved since then. Anyway, PlayStation 4 era, we kind of... Um, we said that it was kind of a return to form in many ways for Japan. And PlayStation 4 is a great success. And PlayStation 5, for what it is out the gate, has been very successful. So a piece of me is a little bit surprised because I feel Japan has been back on the up in uh, development-wise in many ways. But... Yeah, I, am I making sense there? Why, yeah, why no, this is yeah, a little yeah. bit perplexing? But and you know, and I know one of the things people have argued as this news has come out is the fact that like, well, what has Japan Studio done lately? Um and and to be fair, their output has been nowhere near as much um like you're saying. I mean, if if you look at like the list of PS3 titles they were involved in, it was relatively small. They're, they didn't have a lot of big, big stuff coming out. You know, but I guess the question becomes is, you know, because we don't know the, the what happened on the inside. And because supposedly like, Japan City was, was huge, like 400 some people, I think is what, is what I read. Um, and so was the question, was it a, an issue of you had a studio that just wasn't getting it done anymore? You know, or were there other issues at hand that were causing them to not have the position and the resources and, and the the money and whatever else that they used to have to, to make these kind of titles? And then I would also argue that if it was a problem of management or, or you know, whatever else, like, why not try to fix the problem Versus just letting the studio kind of fade away. Mm. Because I, I, I don't know, like it's, it's, you know, there's just the, the problem that we're, we're seeing is that Japan is a really weird game market at this point. And Sony doesn't need Japan. Like, like uh, the thing is, like most companies at this point do not need Japan for good or bad. And, also, because Sony changed all of its management so that, you know, 
the overseeing of PlayStation moved from Japan to America, priorities have shifted, you know, uh, directions have shifted, and I think, I think, you know, we've seen the comments coming out from, uh, what's his butt? Uh, I don't remember. I said tonight, I'm just bad on names. Uh, Is it Phil uh, Harrison? No, 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 that's the guy who killed Stadia. And Xbox and PS3. No, Jim, Jim, not Jim Kramer, whatever, Jim, Jim, Jim Beam, whatever his name is. Uh, Sony guy, main Sony guy, Jim, Jim Beam. Uh, <laughs> uh, he was saying like, you know, oh, we're still dedicated to Japan. We're still focused on Japan and stuff like that. Um, I, I kind of think they aren't. I kind of think they don't care, you know. And, and I think combination of Sony not needing Japan and Sony not having the strength they had before in Japan and Japanese games not having the strength they used to have, I think Sony was just like, don't get, don't give a damn, you know, just this thing can just kind of go away. And it's sad. It's sad because like I said, for me, if I think about the games that made the PlayStation and the games that made me care about PlayStation, so many of them came from Japan studio. Well, do you think this in part, could be, you know, in terms of not caring about Japan, do you think it's in part because, well, because there, there's one big giant there, and you know what I'm going to say. Is it just because Nintendo's so dominant there once again that it's like, you know... Yeah, it's I it's, mean, you're, it's, not, it's you're not supposed to... Well, explain that. I mean, I mean, I mean, if if... The two platforms that are fighting right now in Japan are Nintendo Switch and mm-hmm. smartphones. Like those are your oh, two game oh, platforms. Oh, oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Right. Sorry, I not mean, not not. I should the, say not handheld, but mobile. Yeah, yeah. The the charts last week. Not that this is going to shock anyone. It was all literally the top ten. It was just, everything was Nintendo. No joke. That's it. I mean, okay, yeah. Let's 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 see. Um, let me if I. Uh, I know doing this live on on air, but okay. Let's let's see what the past. Okay, media. Someone, and while, yeah, and while you're doing that, and then I'll I'll stay quiet. Someone had a comment somewhere. And this wasn't an insider; it was just an average, you know, John Doe. I can't remember if it was on Twitter or Facebook or whatever. And someone made a comment that I thought about, and I was like, "Wow, you know, that's." That's a pretty poignant or you know accurate comment. They said something to the effect that after um, you know after the failure of the Wii U, you know, in terms of Nintendo's ballpark, you know, their camp, you know, obviously things were down before the Switch, and with how sales have been there overall outside of Nintendo, they said something to the effect that they were one failure away, or meaning if Switch failed, even though it's a huge global success right now, they said if that failed, it could have been a Japanese games industry crash, much like we saw in the early 80s. Now, I know that may be a bit of a stretch or slippery slope, but if you think about it, and look at what we're talking about right now, with a giant like Sony not be a- being able to get that the traction they want in their homeland and the all or nothing, you know, the home run Nintendo hit. Things could I mean, could you imagine if they had another Wii U? Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean there 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 was it there was a serious um 
concern from a lot of people about, you know, is is console gaming in Japan dead? I mean, that was a real concern a, number, a handful of years ago, was, you know, what happens if all of the consoles tank, you know? And because it, it, there, there was a point when, seriously, it was like, could Japan's gaming entirely go towards smartphones? And it was, like, scary to people like me, because, like, I hate smartphone gaming, right. you know? Like, I don't want to see that. Um, could, could it have happened? Totally, you know? And, and just thank God that the Switch hit how it has. Like, obviously, these numbers are, are, are you know, PS5s are in short, short supply. We all know that, you know? So, for example, last week... Um, there were 74,000 Switches sold and 25,000 PS5 sold. So, mm. obviously, PS5 is not as much out there. But if you look at like some of the other numbers, right? So, last year, the PS4 <clears throat> sold 45,000 units, and the Switch sold 1.1 million units. That's Life for the whole... Wow. For last year. Wow. Yes. Uh, PS4 kind of fell off the cliff. I mean, PS4 last week did did almost three thousand consoles. These are like Xbox numbers. Well, from, X, from, no, X, I'm, like from yeah, back in the I day. Uh, yeah, I know. No, X, Xbox was 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 two hundred and thirty last week, but um, uh, but okay, but see, here's the most interesting to me is think about how big the PS4 is, right? I mean, PS4 is getting up there, like it's 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 huge numbers. Uh, yeah, um, you're talking. Glo- yeah, it surpassed globally. 100 million, didn't it? Yes, huge success, and we think of like it being this huge thing everywhere. The PS4 has live to date sold just around just over nine million consoles in Japan. That is nothing. The the Switch, which obviously has been out less time, has sold double at 18 million. And I have to be honest with you. I would have thought more than 18 million in Japan. Yeah. 9 million lifetime PS4 sales? Yeah. Can you humor me since you're looking at numbers and we're getting way off track now? What were the lifetime sales of Saturn in Japan? Oh, Saturn? Mm. Let's see. Because I was watching some history uh, videos in recent weeks and... Look, I know the story. I know Saturn did well over in Japan, didn't do well here. We we know that. But I didn't realize. Do you know the most successful Sega uh, console in Japan? Sega console? Yep. Was it Saturn? Yep. Yeah. Because the problem is, it's, it says... Saturn sold 9 million worldwide. Yeah. But hey, 80% of that is probably Japan. I mean, I'm exaggerating a bit, but how, that's putting some things into perspective there. That is crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd have to look. I mean, I, I know the numbers are somewhere. Let's do this um, just to be gen- Let's. And I'm sure it's more. Cut it in half for Japan. Let's say that. Let's say five million Saturn sold in Japan lifetime. That's still over half PS4. That's crazy. The Saturn. Oh, you you were very close. Uh, the Saturn was five point seven five million. So I could argue. Let's round up six million. Two. 
to in Japan, <laughs> yeah, two thirds as many people owned Saturn as they do PS4. That's crazy. That is <laughs> just mind melting. Okay, you, you want to can't keep, believe here, it. Here, you want to keep going? Uh, yeah. You know what? You know what console almost has as many lifetime sales as the PS4 does? In the, piece, um, the PC engine. I, I that was going to be my guess. I promise. Only because I knew how. So how? So that's for Japan, right? Yep. How many is it for Japan on that? No, I'm sorry. That, that that's that's for Japan. That's for Japan. Is it's eight million for PC Engine? Wow! 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 I mean, okay. Wow. So uh, v, 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 Vita Vita is five point eight million. I'm looking other. So other Sega. Just, this is just out of curiosity. Can, so can, I, systems, can I dissect this a little further? Do you mind? Yeah. If I, yeah. Okay, I'm going to look at the PC Engine numbers here for a minute, and it's actually not related to Saturn and uh, PS4. What I'm going to ask. So you said eight million PC engines sold. Mm-hmm. For, and for those that don't, I can't imagine who listens to this show doesn't know, so TurboGrafx sixteen. Yeah. Gaming was huge in the eighties and early nineties. I know the bubble burst in the late late eighties, but the PC engine came out around eighty seven. There. I guess the point I'm trying to drive at is, I mean, it was it. it Hundreds of millions of dollars was pumped into it. I'm trying to find the right words, but why? Why are the numbers not like what we see now? Um, like certain territories having 15, 20, 30 million install base. Is it just that these consumers were spending more money on the on the like the people who had it were spending more money on the hobby at the time, or? Those numbers still seem kind of low versus what other countries have, you know, like like on paper. I guess are, are we getting into like just population or per capita? Do you know what I'm trying to say? So are, are you saying that like the numbers were old, old, older numbers were lower than you would expect, or that yeah, newer numbers yeah, in, were in some ways? Okay, yeah, okay but or, see, here's yeah. here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like, if I were to ask you, what was one of the most popular consoles of all time? Right, just in general, I, like just blanket statement. Yeah. Okay. Just just name me name me what you think the th- the three most popular consoles of all time were. I, I'm gonna lie. I'm gonna make believe I don't fully know. Like if I just spoke from the right. heart without knowing certain yeah. things, I know. Uh, Nintendo, the original yeah. NES, the Famicom. Uh, I, I would definitely say the original PlayStation, and. I might have done a knee-jerk reaction and said Genesis slash Mega Drive slash Super Famicom. Now I know where I'm going to stand on this already, but those would have been off the top of my head. But it's okay. So I I was hoping you were going to say the NES because I think to me like I grew up thinking the NES was one of the biggest consoles of all time. Uh, same here. Because and I know I yes, yes. everybody you knew had Every- one. Everybody and your parents knew the yes. name. Like to people who don't care about gaming, this is always like a marker. Like not to get off track. Like with the Wii, even though I hated the Wii, everybody knows what that is. The Nintendo was a phenomenon. It was a part of pop culture. And and I said I would have always thought that that system was bigger than almost anything that come after it. But the NES only sold. Just around sixty-two million consoles worldwide. Yeah, it's lo- it's it's a lot, 
but that's a lot when it's you a, yeah that's a lot lower than i mean for as big as it was meaning word of mouth it was so popular that as a kid if i, I thought everybody owned it yeah <laughs> but know. but okay okay so let's go back to japanese numbers for a second okay so if if we say we 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 would think that that was one of the biggest consoles ever right because right. every Buddy had it. Everybody at your school had it or wanted it. Yes. Right? Right. Everybody. Okay. What What is... So second test question for you here. What is the best-selling gaming hardware of all time in Japan? Well, we're, exclu- we're excluding handhelds. Nope. Um, gaming hardware. Uh, you know, I would have said... <clears throat> give me a few... I'm going to say a few things. I would have either said Famicom... Either the one, it's going to sound similar to what I just said, either the original Famicom, the original PlayStation, uh, and or Game Boy. The best selling hardware of all time in Japan is the Nintendo DS. And Man. that had 33 million units sold in the country. So, so if we're just talking about the fact that the NES was to us one of the biggest consoles ever, and it sold 61 million worldwide. The DS did half of that in Japan. The now, DS here's did the crazy half thing I'm going to say. Here's the crazy thing. I'm going to go off memory. I'm not going to look it up. And I think the population then in Japan might have been a little higher. Population in Japan, correct me if I'm wrong, is anywhere between 140 and 170, 180 million. That's a good question. Let me check. So if 60 million people had the DS, that's got to be about forty percent of the population, almost half. Uh, population currently is uh, so okay. So let's go back. Oh, it's actually lower now. Uh, so 2015 <laughs> population would have been 127 million. Yeah, I knew it shrunk a bit. Okay, so yeah, yeah. so that's and look, we know this doesn't take into account multiple purchases, people owning multiple systems. So this right. is a little bit of a stretch, but just on paper, raw numbers. Fifty percent of the population had a DS. Speaking of numbers, and this isn't console related, you messaged me a number I was actually talking to a friend about today. No joke. You told me the latest Grand Theft Auto Five, and I'm so sorry for listeners to get off on. We'll get. We'll come back to Japan team. I promise. The amount of copies Grand Theft Auto Five has sold was just stunning. What was that? Yeah, sale. I thought. What did you say? Something insane, like 140 million. Oh uh, yeah, it's so it's it's crossed uh, as of February eighth. They said they had crossed 140, 140 million. It's no wonder I, if I was at Rockstar, I'd never put. I would just keep patching it. <laughs> That's the thing. This it's is like, unbelievable. It's like it's, I mean, <laughs> we have to remember that game launched on the PS3. I ha- you and know what's Xbox funny? Because here's the thing. I'm guilty. I'm not a big GTA fan, and I, I think I only have one. I've had others in the past. If you looked on my shelf right now, I only own one Grand Theft Auto in my collection. And here's the funny thing. It's the PS3 one. So, I mean, even I've got a copy of it. Yeah. Um, but that was back, I think, in fall of 2013. So, it's been going almost eight years. The better part of a decade. You want to talk about an evergreen title, something Nintendo prides itself on with all its first-party titles. Grand Theft Auto V is one of the most evergreen titles. I mean, this damn thing is is going to try to compete with Tetris. That's what I'm saying. It's like, it's like, it's, I, I was saying that it's like, I think it's one of the, 
the few games, and I know this gets into technicalities, but I think it's one of the few oh. games that has actively been in existence across three platform generations. And I tell you, if I was doing, here's the thing, if I was doing a pitch for this title, here's the other curveball I'm going to throw you. You know what's very interesting about Grand Theft Auto V versus many other record holders out there? Not to discredit, you know, we're not talking quality. You know, some of the other big boy games that are in the 70, 90, 100 million, you know what the difference between Grand Theft Auto V and them is? They're, they're franchises. Look, GTA V is not a pack-in. Oh, yeah, that too. Yes. Yes. So that means some, that means people went out, whether it's on Steam or they went to their local store or however they got it, and they plucked, plunked down the money that wasn't because they bought a console. I mean, that it's just shocking. It's shocking. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 like it's one of those things where you know, like 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 um like Avatar, like Titanic, where it's yeah. just this one thing hits, and it just it just hits in a certain way that it just doesn't stop, yeah. and and you weren't necessarily expecting it, but I mean. <laughs> Seriously, like, I mean, like, who would have thought that Titanic would have been one of the biggest movies of all time before it came out? You know? Um, right. It's just one of these things that, like, just hits in that certain way and does that certain thing that it just keeps going and going and going. And, and yeah, you can, I mean, you can see that, you know, speaking of sales charts, like, GTA Five is constantly on the sales charts for, for America. I mean, what's, what's the NPD, NPD... Okay, so for January, is it on here? Is it not on here? It's got to be on here, right? All day, Marvel, Marvel, it's actually not on the list. Wow. Hmm. Because I feel like, I feel like it's almost always on like the top 20. Right, right. But it'll be, it'll be back. If it's not on for now, it'll be back. <laughs> but let me ask you this, just to kind of wrap us back around. We got off on numbers and, and, and importance of so that. Japan, but, Japan is irrelevant, what we're saying. Japan is yeah, irrelevant. So, at this I point. mean, it's, it's crazy to say. Um, uh, let me ask you this, because and how this correlates back is Japan being irrelevant. So what is relevant? So that's how we got on the Switch topic and the relevancy and the strength in Japan versus Sony's uh, uh, challenges. Do yeah, you I mean, think? I, I, do you think ahead. with what Nintendo's created for themselves in the success of Switch? Do you think now that they can ever put out a future console that's not both TV uh, capable as well as handheld? Do I mean, that's what I, I was wanna, just going to say. It's like, it's like I, I don't. I don't. I hate to use the word trap because trap is a bad word, and I like that. Like. I love that function. I, you know, I play it primarily handheld now because of the light. But in general, generally speaking, on paper, can they ever go back now? I, There's no I, way. I mean, if you look at the handheld sales, this is before the strength of mobile. Like going back to DS and whatnot. One thing that we're learning from these numbers as well, from Japan's history, is they've always taken a likening to the handheld product. Yep. I think part of the question is, I think the question is right. Can they go back? But I think, let me come from a different angle. It's not like, can, not can they go back in terms of what consumers will buy? Can they go back as a games creator? Like, 
can Nintendo go back to supporting two platforms at the same time with different games? And that's oh, a, you're that, talking like when they had question. the console and then uh, either the Game Boy or DS line separate? Yeah. So, like, I, I think part of the question is, is, like, did... Obviously, the Switch made sense for a number of reasons, but did the Switch also make sense because Nintendo was just being honest in that it couldn't keep doing two separate game lines? You know, a handheld games and console games at the same time. I mean, because you we, you saw... I mean, you literally, like... I'm not, I'm not even a Nintendo fan, and I can tell you that you could see the waves of... Nintendo was focusing on the console side. Then Nintendo was focusing on the handheld side. Oh, yeah, then Nintendo different was points focusing in time. on the console side. I mean, you mm. could see those waves back and forth, you know, of, of when the console games would get strong and the handhelds would get weak, and then the handhelds would get strong and the console would get weak. So, like, can they go back to doing that? And I'm not sure they can. At least in the in the world that exists now, and then as you know, as a consumer, yeah, like like, would I want to own two Nintendo systems again? Probably not. I mean, I I have issues with the Switch. Yeah, because I think it's not great at being either thing. But I, I don't I don't know that I want anything else from them now. I yeah. agree, and I think some of those things to read your mind, they're simple fixes, actually. It's just these aren't major things that can't be fixed. I know you haven't said it, but like Yeah, I mean the the, the system is really good, but there's just a couple design decisions that it's like, okay, this is rudimentary. This isn't this shouldn't be rocket science. Why are we going backwards here? And you have the most successful platform on the planet. You know what I'm? Am I? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I do think. I mean, I do think there's a few things lining up. I think first of all, if you look at what Nvidia is doing, and I don't, I don't know enough about this um, to be an expert. But what Nvidia is doing, this stuff where you can. You can make games that aren't native 4K, but they have a kind of like an upscaling, a new style of upscaling you can do that make games look really good at 4K, even though they're not 4K. And so you can mm. actually save a lot of the processing power and in, in, really? in GPU power. Like, I don't know the, everything about it, but I know they're working on it. And I know it's something that's been talked about for the Switch. Uh, what is it like? Almost something like tricking you, because, like the human eye, because you can't it's, see. It's like, just it's, a certain. It's a certain different style of of like you know, kind of like how. Like Sony on the PS4 Pro, they didn't have native 4K. They had like the checker checker right. board stuff. Yeah, it's some sort of process they have of of where you can kind of fake. Again, I'm not an expert. You can like fake mm-hmm. the information, I think, or whatever. Um, so they wow. have like that, and and I think you know, I think we also live in a world where a lot more people now are comfortable having like a laptop be their main computer. Mm-hmm. And then they can take it wherever they go, and they come home and plug it into, you know, a hub and all their 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 monitor and stuff. So I think we're also kind of used to this stuff because they can be portable, but also home use. So I, I think they can stick with the idea 
I guess the question is just like, what does it evolve into and how does it work? Right. Cause like, I, I really think, I really think they need to do the, the hub has its own power and it can boost the handheld. Oh you know, yeah. Cause, you, cause, I think you did pitch that <clears throat> idea a while yeah, ago. Yeah. Cause, cause right now the current switch is the switch. It's everything you can do. You know, it, it's just that when you plug it in at home and into the, the dock, since it has actual power on a battery, it can ramp its CPU up and, and whatever else and kind of overclock itself. But, like, I think you have to have an actual, like, powered, powerful dock at home. That way they can, they can work it out better, but then it's going to be more complicated making games. I don't know. But, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't know that they can go back for multiple reasons. Now, with all of that said, to bring it back to Sony, is it a little bit, because correct me if I'm wrong, Sony's still technically a Japanese company, correct? Even though they've switched uh, yeah, much I mean, of their train of... Okay, so Sony's a Japanese company still. You think it's bad uh, in a way, like now they're putting all their eggs in this basket in the West, whether it be competing on a hardware level or what they're looking for from developers here? Um Am I ignorant or out of line to say you got to watch out now because now you are truly competing with the likes of Microsoft and the Googles of the world and the other top high-tech companies? And what I mean by that is, you know, some people are going, well, what are you talking about? They've been doing this for 25 years already. What I'm saying is if they leave Japan, so to speak, and I mean, that's it. There's like no fallback. And Sony as a whole for years now the irony is the playstation division was one of their only or final profitable divisions and as we know the camera division the tv division uh the many things that made them the walkman those are no longer their sources of income so i mean it's a little bit more dangerous now leaving their homeland in a way and now they're it's i mean this is this is a hell of a fight yeah, I said I just I just don't know that they need Japan anymore. Like I I, I think, I to say it. I think Japan is becoming more of an irrelevant market in terms of games because I, I I think you're seeing a fan base that is is more and more wanting games specifically tailored towards them, but they're a small market, so that's a kind of more niche. Um, uh, you know, you know, kind of the de- de- development angle to go towards. I mean, you have Japanese companies like Capcom and and Konami and Amco Bandai and From Software and everybody that are doing games for everybody. But I think, like, I just I don't I don't know how important it is if if Sony loses Japan. And I also think, in a weird way, Microsoft might be set up better for japan than than sony is wow just because of i think i think just getting a console into homes is going to be harder and harder Mm -hmm. so oh you're saying by delivery through their app through their yeah um, i think the stuff that microsoft streaming service x cloud like i i don't know it's gonna we have to wait and see like how much japan jumps onto streaming but i just Selling them a console that isn't Nintendo is going to be incredibly hard going forward. And, and, and Nintendo selling a console is going to be incredibly hard going forward if it's not a hybrid. You know, so I, I just, I, I think 
in a weird way that like Microsoft doing the streaming stuff, they might have more of an in because you can put that in TVs. You can have a little plug-in device that goes into the USB slot in your TV. You can have, you know, you could have your Switch. You could have your Switch have Microsoft streaming hmm. games on it. Hmm. So I, I think Sony... I just think Sony doesn't care. And I think they, they realize they don't have to care. It, it's weird for us, right? It's weird for us because we're, we're... I mean, we were steeped in Japanese games, you know? We forged our skills upon the games of Japan. <laughs> I, yeah. You know, and it, it feels so weird for us to, to be where we're at now and see that country's games where they're at. And yeah, I'm I, thank- I, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm, before you go, I'm thankful for the Switch because there's still a place for, for the smaller, more niche, less budgeted games from Japan to have a home. You know, but mm-hmm. if you look at sales charts, like a lot of those games, even on Switch, aren't selling. Do you think that more developers will then? Well, it's one of two things. Do you, Do you think more will start to dismantle and disappear, or will they just ply their craft with Western developers? It's such a weird question to ask because of what we lived through in yeah. the the two generations ago, where Japan was lost. I mean, do you mean, people remember PS360 era, like, do you remember what Capcom did during that era? Do you remember their games? I still, I have like, them on my shelf. Even Capcom didn't, even Capcom, like, you know, the, the, the company now that's, like, paving the way for, for, for gaming, um, even Capcom had no idea what to do in that era. Without, without just being like, give this stuff to the West and let them figure it mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. That was a yeah, that was I mean, a mess. Like that era was a mess. Yeah, uh, you know, a lot of trial and error, and obviously figure, you know, figuring things out. Um, I don't know if it was Reggie Fajim, but you know, I'll steal the term he used for Nintendo with the Wii U to Switch, and uh, he was correct. You know, it was a failure forward. And I guess some of that can be applied uh, to some of the Japanese companies at the time going from PS3 to PS4 era. Now, with that said, there were some bright spots and there were some great stuff to be had. Yeah. But but everything from just technical issues to just, compl- you know, tr- still having trouble with 3D space, with 3D gaming. And I, I'll say this, I'll stick to my guns and say it till I'm blue in the face. I'll... Um, and it's different now. Things have finally... I think the old guard and the old ways of yesteryear with sprite work is finally pretty much dead. I'm not talking about indies now and exceptions, but like I always said, games in the 80s and 90s that were sprite-based were so awesome and great from Japan because of the, the art, their artistic direction, and they're just better at it. And the West was always better at PC type, you know, more realistic, you know, 3D style projects. And I think that was never more true than during that era when when things when Microsoft, you know, when you got toolkits that were now English first instead of Japanese and other developers not knowing what how, you know, having to either reverse engineer or figure it out themselves when things went that and more 3D direction. Japan wasn't the same. 
And saying this out loud, the other argument I can make is now with the strength of today's consoles that art from Japan kind of lives on again because of the high level of cell shading techniques. But but isn't it funny? Isn't it funny how many Japanese devs haven't pushed visuals in new ways? Like like how many games can you think of like um again tonight is my forget every name the uh the <laughs> Japanese style of artwork heavily like like brush brush strokes and yeah uh like Okami yeah like like if you look back at like Japanese art like that kind of style other kind of styles like the woodblock stuff like Japan has these Really interesting. You going like? like are we talking like Edo, like Edo period, or like yeah, Suio, Suio, something, something. Uh, I said I'm forgetting all names tonight, but but like with all of Japan's like interesting like classic art styles, like why have we not seen more games push that? You know, like why have we not seen more Japanese developers do something other than realistic or cel shading? Like. Why, I mean, the West, too, I'll blame them as well, but, like, why have we not seen more creativity in our art styles? Because um, everything... Everything is... I don't want to cuss, but everything is effing moe, modern anime trash. Oh, well, that's a different... I didn't or, I didn't think you were headed down that. I or, actually didn't or, think you were or going it's decent to, art, oh. Or it's decent cell shading, or it's yeah. just, let's make our games look like Western games. That Moe stuff's got to go. That Moe stuff's got. I'm a. Uh, that Moe stuff has got to go. There might be one or two exceptions, but you know what made me yeah. sad. You know what made me really sad is is I was doing something recently. Oh no, I was on Twitter. That's right. And uh, uh, Shane, who lives at that Sony now, used to be with EGM. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he was posting like the artwork for Fantasies Are Online, the original game. Oh mm, uh, yes, yes. And you just you just look at that art, and then you look at the art for Fantasy Star Online Two, and you're just like, where where did that style go? You know, like where did that unique, mm-hmm. interesting Japanese but not anime style go? And in this era, we could have fantasy star online look like that actually in the game that would be crazy yeah you know like where did that go <laughs> you're killing me japan you really are well you know it could be the the same old song and dance you know who would green light it you know we can say things like art doesn't sell or you know development costs and time you know those are the things it always comes back to but at some point um you got to take a chance at some point, right? You can't keep doing the same thing unless you're GTA Five. And you know who's taking a chance? God damn it, Japan Studio. <laughs> look at the graphic. Look at the visuals in Gravity Rush. That game, those games are beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Look at the visuals in in Orishika on on uh, on Vita. Look at Patapon. Look at Roko Roko Roko. Look at the the. The you know Shadow of the Colossus Eco Last right. Guardian are, visuals, yeah. um, Prop of the Ropper, Tomorrow Children, Rain Rain was so visually interesting. Puppeteer equally interesting. Tokyo Jungle, man. See, we had a Japanese studio. 
that was doing all these interesting things with games and visuals and gameplay, and we let him die. <laughs> well, and the funny thing is, is and, and uh, not to contradict ourselves, you know, the uh, it was a joint production, but you know, one of the main, the only big titles that PlayStation Five at la- had at launch was Demon Souls. Yep. You know, I don't know. I mean, here's the thing. We could be hushed on all this. You never know. Maybe Sony has something up their sleeve. They looking to acquire another studio. I'm just spitballing, you know. Are they looking to scoop someone up? But it seems like the only people that ever scoop anyone, you know, it's usually Microsoft or... I was going to say, say, Microsoft, you know what? Buy Japan Studio. Do it. Right. Come on. Do it. Do it. You want you want Japanese devs? Do it. Buy them. Buy, uh, was it, Bokeh, Bokeh Games, whatever... <laughs> Toyama's new studio is. Yeah. Buy him. Yeah. No, now here's the thing. Here's a segue to get out of this topic. You know, you're talking about a developer going elsewhere. You you <laughs> sparked my my mind. You know, we know the rule eight, nine times out of ten when a famous heralded Japanese developer leaves and goes to another team or starts his own team, it's almost never the same i always one of my only exceptions i always use is like platinum games and that's because at the time they had most everybody that was at clover or capcom but look at uh, yuji naka and balan wonderland (laughs) but you see what i mean it's that's another example i'm gonna get i'm gonna get mean here right Look, I'm I'm not a Shenmue fan, right? I'm I'm not. I I I'll admit it. I, the first game, I I found incredibly interesting because it was doing things no other game did, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, to me, when I played Shenmue, it was one of those games where like, was Yu Suzuki ever good at making games? Which he was, but it's one of those games that made me question like, right? Did <clears> I just <throat> never notice that he was bad at games? Um. Balan Wonderland is is one of those games that retroactively makes you realize that the developer you had respect for maybe didn't deserve that respect. Well, it's crazy because uh, I don't know if this is his before that. I'm going off memory. I'm not cheating. I was interested in Rodea the Sky Soldier. I, I never played that. I always meant to, but never did. I wanted to. I'm actually surprised you don't have it because just because of your uh, DS and 3DS collection. I wanted to get it just to add to my collection, but the the reviews and stuff were so spotty that I wait. Never... Was that on? Was that on DS? E- 3DS. Was it? Yeah, oh, I didn't realize that. And then yeah, you're uh, right. Bef- okay. okay. And before that, uh, the name is well, okay, escaping I'm sorry, me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm I'm being mean here. Me rude. Yeah. Um, the the reason I didn't think about 3DS version was because. I've always had in my mind the Wii U version because oh, yeah. it came with the the Wii version that was being worked on but never properly released. So that was always a very interesting game to me because of it saying, hey, we're going to give you this earlier version of the game that we weren't going to release, but now we are giving mm-hmm. you in this package. So that's why mm-hmm. I only ever thought of it as being a, a Wii U game. Well, and then before that, wasn't there a mascot-driven title? And I should know this because Billy Hatcher. No, no. 
Probe. Why am I thinking Probe? That just hit me. Probe Studios. And there was a side-scrolling... Ivy the Kiwi? Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. Yep. Yep. So the point is, the reason I'm name-dropping these is... When's the last time... You know, here's going from one studio to another. Now he's with Square Enix. He hasn't been the same or hasn't had something catch any sort of fire since... Since what? The... The Genesis days still, you know, oh, I take that back. The last one, and it kind of correlates to Balan Wonderland, I would argue maybe Knights. And I, I, at the time, and maybe I was more forgiving because I was like 16 and had a Saturn and was loving it because, you know, when you're younger and you don't have much to choose from. I remember playing Knights, loving it, the 3D pad, beating that game multiple times. I had a great time with the aerial, the main portion of the game. And not so much when you ran out of time and you were on the ground as the boy or girl, and I'm setting you up on this. I, I know, I know, I, 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 you hit uh, the nail on the head. Imagine now. Here's the thing. I'll say this about Balan Wonderland. Very nice color palette, candy coated. Um, you know, it's the type of game you really don't see anymore. You definitely see a knight's influence. You know, you're like, okay, this could be cool. This could be fun. <laughs> and it's the. It's the worst aspect of Knights fleshed out into a full-blown game. I sent I sent Anthony the tweet or the text about like Juan Wonderland asked the question like, "What if Knights was only the sections where you're running yeah. around as a teenagers?" It's crazy, and you know. It would be kind of funny and a little embarrassing if it just ripped off Knights and it was all in I'm, air. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I am always going to... It's Balan Wonder World, not Wonderland. Oh, why am I calling it Wonderland? Oh, my God. Because everybody, they call it Wonderland. Cause you, this cause is as bad as Street Fighter 2 uh, Wonderland. Yes. Championship Edition. Yes. <laughs> but, I mean, how crazy is that? I mean... How does a development team who sits around the office and like takes influence from Knights and is like, let's make this portion. You know, the thing that gets me is if you were to look at screenshots, I know we're way past this in 2021. You know, if you looked at still shots of Balan, game doesn't look bad. No, no. But even the running animations, like even if you did make it a ground based title, okay, I'll meet you halfway. There's like no turnaround animations. It's literally that same rapid fire, that janky run animation. Like there's no, it's the the jumping doesn't feel correct. It doesn't feel like a platformer at its heart, you know, with the precision needed. It's, okay, it's so crazy. Somebody brought this up and, and when they said it, I was like, hmm, and I want to say it to you and I want to see what you think. They said that they... They speculated that this might have started as a, a a smartphone game, and the reason being is this is this is one of the weirdest aspects. And anybody who played that demo, like hit this right away, is that every single button on the controller does the exact same thing. Wow! So, so this person was postulating is. Was this a smartphone game where you have your movement and then just your one action button because it's going to be a lot easier to do on a, a touchscreen? Like, do you think that's possible at all? Yeah, uh, yes. 
to give you a straight answer, it's I would have never thought of that. Um, you know, my first instinct that I know it's running on different hardware, it's running on a, a you know, well, I played the PlayStation 5 demo. I'm sure it looks the same on PS4 or whatever. I, my gut reaction would have been, oh, no way. But, you know, phones are powerful enough now. Like, that's not even a factor. So I thought you were going one or two ways on that. I didn't think of that with the action buttons. I thought you were going to say it also may have had something to do with transitioning from one, um, uh, you know, skill set to another, like, because you, you mm-hmm. transform, correct? Right. So I was thinking, you know, maybe that's just like, you know, a tap of a button or taking the screen. Yeah, I mean, I, that is possible. That's a crazy conspiracy theory. But that is very believable. I mean, because, like I said, like, if 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 you play this game, it, like, unless he was possibly developing it for the Atari 2600, why why would you make a game that uses one button in 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 the year 2021 it makes no sense it it, it does it doesn't feel right why do you you make a platformer where where you can get costumes where you can't jump anthony why can you not jump in all the costumes let let me ask you this let me uh, change it up a little bit what are you thinking to yourself if you're square enix Right now, yeah, like because Square's. I'm, I'm saying like because he he's under the Square Enix banner now, correct? I mean they hire. Yeah, him. yeah. So what I, happens? I'm just I'm I'm making this simple. I'm not joking. Like okay, you're the boss checking in on projects. Okay, I got to make my rounds today. I'm checking on this. I'm checking. Okay, I'm going to check on Balan. Like what happens when you you know you hire in Yuji Naka and then you see this project? Like what's your reaction? Like are you telling the guy, man? You better hope, hooker by crook, no matter how, whether it be our marketing, whatever, you better hope this sells X amount because we hired you in on these accolades or we had, you know, these sort of, sort of expectations and, and this is what this is what we got. Okay. I, to answer that question, I have to ask you a question because I have to ask you, when, when Square Enix released that demo, what, oh. were they, what were they thinking? I don't know. Did anyone play it? Because that's, I think, I think the answer to that answers your question. Because was this the case? Because, so, go, we go back to the 360, Xbox 360. Microsoft mm-hmm. had this policy where every, every Xbox Live Arcade game had to have a demo. Oh. And, and you ask yourself, why do, do more games not have demos now? There's two reasons. The first reason was putting together a demo takes a lot of extra time from mm-hmm. the developer. They have to they have to specifically because the way game development works, it doesn't doesn't work just pretty all the way through and you have a complete playable game the entire right. way through. You have you have to spend the time to make a demo that will be completely playable for that whatever chunk of game. The right. other part mm-hmm. is because you can literally tank a game's sales with a demo. You can you can boost a game sales, but you can also tank a game sales. So, what <laughs> what were Square Enix thinking when they released this demo? Did did they think to try, kind of answer your question? Did they think everything was okay with this game, and thus they would release a demo to build hype for it, or or did they? released a demo 
thinking that the game had serious issues and they they wanted or needed consumer feedback to prove to delay that. It. You know, like because con- total conspiracy theory here. If if Square Enix says like this game is garbage. Right. Right. Like what are you doing Yuji Naka? This is trash. I can't believe that. The best way to to delay that and have a good excuse is to release a demo. People are like, what the F is this? Mm-hmm. Then Square Enix says, we're taking all your feedback. Thank you very much for that. And we're going to make a better game. It's going to come out six months, a year later, but we're going to fix this game. We're going to make right. something better because of your feedback. Like, like, like I, I want to know what their thinking was going to the demo, because I think that tells us what their thinking was overall. Because just to me, it seems completely stupid to have released that demo. I agree. I mean, I, I was on the fence looking at it originally. I'm like, oh, I, w- I might want to give this a shot. And you told me to get on it, to download And I had intended to, but I sometimes drag my feet, so I downloaded it. I mean, there's no way. There's no way now that I would want to buy that game. I mean, just like the list of things wrong with that game is is it is takes two. If you, I hate long. to bring up Mario. I, I don't know why, but you know, you pick up Mario instantaneously, and I know you're not a huge Mario fan, but like it. I'm, I'm talking to like a 3D, like the one that just came out, Super Mario uh, right. 3D World, the reissue of the Wii U version, which is an, a great game, the one where you turn into the cat. Yeah, I mean, right from the get go, Mario feels good. I mean, it takes. Five seconds to just, you know, to see how the character feels, his weight. Immediately, the character you're running around with, I mean, anyone who's playtesting this or whatever, you know instantaneously something's off. I mean, like, I think the better question is, is like, what what does Yuji Naka think of this game? Oh, man. Like, does, does, <laughs> you know, is he just trying to, like, slip it past Square Enix at this point, you know? Was I don't know, and I feel just... bad, because... I I remember a few years ago, I think he had said something very nice. Oh, two things I remember. He was very happy and supportive of the Sonic Mania project, I believe, mm. if I'm not mistaken. And then he, I remember um, a year, year and a half ago when he was thanking fans, Sonic fans, for their outcry to have them redo the Sonic movie, which obviously wound up becoming a success. Don't you remember that? He was like so happy for loyal yeah, fans. Yeah. over. The- so I'm like, you know, you're rooting for this guy. He's not a bad guy. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. And I mean, and then he puts out stuff like this. I mean, I said, I, I, I don't think he's a bad, like, I, yeah. you know, we talked about Yu Suzuki. I think Yu Suzuki's an a-hole. I, I, prob- I think he probably is because especially like you, you go back read like i remember the, the next gen interview with him he's like i don't play games games are stupid i just make games like he's like i don't need to play games to know how to make games and i'm like I'm like yes you do but like i think yuji naka is legitimately <laughs> i think he's a fan of games he's right. he's worked on a lot of great games um i i just i don't know what happened here and anthony i have yeah. to go back to something there's a costume. There's a wolf costume in this game. So the game is the, the whole point of this game is you get costumes, right? Mm-hmm. And and again, every costume can do one thing. There's a wolf costume 
in this game that you push the jump button, he turns into a little whirlwind, and he can break bricks, right? Yes, that's right. I forgot, yes. There's another costume. You turn into a dragon. You shoot a fireball. Fireball goes just only a few feet in front of you. The fireball can break bricks. Why, why are there two costumes for breaking bricks uh, that, that, that don't change much in, in, in range? Uh, where, where one, you can jump, and the other, you can't jump. Why, why does that exist in this game? I don't, I don't, I don't know what this game, and why can you, why, why do you lose your costume if you get hit? I mean, I, I know, I know the Super Mario thing, right? I know, I, I know that idea, but in a game like this, where you, you lose a costume and then you just can't do stuff. Why why do you lose your costume when you get hit? And why can you get multiples of the same costume? <laughs> and, and, and why why don't why don't why can't you jump in a platformer when you have certain costumes on? Yeah. And why do you have it's to crazy. switch to another costume? And why does that switch have like a loading time the way through while you're switching costumes? Just so you can jump and then you have to switch back to a different costume. They can't jump, but they, but can do something else. Can I give you my one last theory? And this is going to be kind of um, this. This won't be the direction where you think it's going. So, I usually do this more with sports, and it makes more sense with sports when looking at athletes. But because of the power of Wikipedia and all the magazines and books we have, you can. I look at a lot. I'm. I look at a lot of numbers. Like I'm always looking at people's age. Okay. I know this sounds weird, but that this is what I do in my free time, I guess. And whether it's in various forms of entertainment, whether it's movies like directors, sometimes the actors, or in game development. Do you know where I'm headed with this? Yes, I think so. Maybe. And there's exceptions, so what I'm about to say is a blanket statement and doesn't hold true 100%. So you, you have to take a little bit of what I'm saying with a grain of salt, okay? But if you look at a lot of your favorite developers, the greatest works that they've done, I'll even say this, I just got done kissing Mario's butt again. Let's start with this. Even Miyamoto, who's now in his 60s, okay? I'll give Miyamoto credit, and we know his hands. He's more of an outside, like, helping the younger teams and stuff and we all right. know refresher reminder it takes more than one person to make a game but if you were to make the argument one of the greatest works of his life mario 64 oh, look i like super mario world not like mario but just in the grand scheme of things the argument can be made mario 64 his greatest achievement um that was the, which was the last game he uh was fully involved in by the way he was in his i believe early 40s if you look at Bayonetta, Devil May Cry, uh, Resident Evil 2 is a little bit far back. You probably know where I'm headed. Kamiya would have been in his mid-30s, cracking 40. Um, if you look at Suzuki's greatest works in the 80s and early 90s, he was in that age bracket. Where am I headed with this? Yuji Naka is now in his 50s. If you look at when Sonic 2 and Knights was done, he would have been in his 30s. What's the point of all this? I'm stereotyping, generalizing. Yeah. 
I think it's a combination of things. I think in life, you get to a certain point with experience. You fire on all cylinders with past trial and error, mistakes, and you hit kind of a, you you come to a head, a pinnacle. And a lot of these people's greatest works come in that bracket, in my opinion, I'd say of like 33 to 40, 35 to 40, 42. If you look, oh, uh, the one, the big one I forgot, Kojima, like Metal Gear Solid. And, it, and I know it sounds funny to say now because it's a different topic, even MGS2 in terms of success. I'm not saying these guys don't have anything left in the gas tank, but I'm telling you, in some ways, like an athlete, once you get past 43, 45, and you try to do certain things, I don't know if it's just normal, you know, you become a bit out of touch, you go back to what you know. It's like, even me in yeah. life, there's certain things, we all have habits. If you look at what Yuji Naka does, he keeps going back to what he knows or trying, or look at you, Suzuki, with bringing Shenmue. I know it's fan supporter, but you know what I mean? Yeah. So anyway, I'll stop there. The the one guy who I still think as he, and he's forty nine or just he just cracked fifty, who I think still has some life in him is Kamiya. My argument there is because I watch his social media almost every day. I think the difference with someone like Kamiya and these other guys, Kamiya, in my opinion, and I don't know the guy. I've never talked to the guy. He doesn't get old in a sense because it looks like he still stays young in terms of like he's always putting up movies, classic games, new stuff. Like he still to me seems like a gamer or he's in touch. He's not someone that left 10 or 15 years and it seems like he's still open to new ideas, trying new stuff. But anyway, my point is I I just think some people get to a certain point and their best days are behind them. See, I, I think I think I would I would give Kojima credit as well. Like I, I think I, I think he's he's the kind of person that can really. I mean, I, I think Death Stranding was. I mean, it, it maybe not wasn't as popular as it could have been, but mm-hmm. I, I think that showed somebody who still has a spark and and is still willing to take risks that a lot of people uh, wouldn't. I would agree. Feel safe yeah. doing. I'm generally right. He's not yeah. dead, so to speak. But I saw a lot of people saying, and I, I, I agree with this, is Balan Wonderworld feels like a game that got canceled during the Dreamcast era, and it's mm. just coming out now. Mm. It, 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 it feels like a platformer by a man who has not played a platformer in in 20 years and whose idea of platformer design is still back in that dreamcast game right well and that kind of in a, in a little bit of a way that kind of goes to what i'm saying like you a bit of out of touch because i just like like look and i'm i'm not a game developer right but i was i was thinking sitting down thinking what how would i fix this game right and i think one of the things i would do <laughs> i don't well, I know. Be, yeah i would, I, I, yeah, would say, say i would say, say and maybe this is even an, an old idea but but i would say like is so obviously the game has worlds right and we yeah. get to the first world in, in, the, in the demo is you say okay for every world i'm going to give like three or four outfits 
right? And so you collect those outfits, you always have them, and as you're playing through the world, you you're you're upgrading those outfits depending on the situations of that world. So you get the wolf and and he can do this certain stuff, you know, and then you get the flower. I I actually really like the flower suit. I think the flower suit was a lot of fun. But you get the flower suit, right? And it can do the the kind of the stretchy neck thing and then you know it can hop up and stuff with that. But then you give the flower suit the dragon's fireball, right? And maybe you say it's like a he's shooting out seeds or whatever, you know? And and so you take those suits and you kind of upgrade them to the world. And then so you have like two or three suits that are are multifunctional, you know, and and you can do them in different ways. And then you keep them, you don't lose them, and then maybe like later on the, in the game you you come back to them and you get more upgrades to them. And but like the way it is in this game, where you get the suit, you get hit, you lose it. Everything has one function. It just feels so old. It feels it feels very like arcadey to me, mm-hmm. or it feels like that old Mario thing, and. You know, talking about Miyamoto, Miyamoto progressed Mario to a point where it wasn't just about get power, get hit, lose power. You know, those things came in in different ways and and, and play out in different functions. And and you get this certain thing or that certain thing that you always keep. And then it helps you do this or that, you know, like I just. Yeah, it truly evolved. It truly. Yeah. yeah, This feels like a game that. Like I said again, that was was meant for like the Dreamcast era, and even on Dreamcast, I don't think it would be great. No, uh, no way. And and those those levels just make me want to vomit the way mm-hmm. they move. I don't, I don't know. Like I don't, and and it's so funny, not to bring too much work into this, but like I I had I I did this big preview for the game. And I sent, I did an interview with, with parts of the team. I got their questions back. I did this multi-page preview for the game and everything. And, you know, I'm writing like, yeah, this, they're going to do this and they're doing this. And they're doing this with a story. They're trying to make the story more of like a musical and, and less about just, you know, narrative dump. And they're doing this and that. And, and I'm like, yeah, this is, this is sounding kind of interesting. And and then like literally like a week later I play the demo and I'm just like oh no mm. I I mm. don't I just don't I don't I don't know I don't know I said you know to your question like I don't know if Square is panicking now if if they were already resigned to this if they're going to use an excuse to get the game fixed what this means for you I mean like oh my god like Yuji Naka works at Square. And this is like the first game he gives them, right? Right. Like how? Do you... <laughs> oh, it's so bad. It's so bad. Why? Uh, oh my god! Now, now I'm getting. Um, now I'm having your issue of not remembering. Uh... Oh, it just hit me. No, I won't get into this now. It's a whole topic for another day. But if you haven't seen it, this, uh, which kind of ties into a lot of things we just discussed from aging and, and development teams and having to train the younger generation and becoming out of touch and trying to stay on top of ideas, et cetera, et cetera. There is a phenomenal translated interview I watched about a month ago. I think it's on Archipel, A-R-C-H-I-P-E-L on YouTube. And I think it was a might have been a two-parter with Shinji Mikami. 
Mm-hmm. Have you seen this? Mm-mm. Yeah, you got to watch it. It's it's very good. One it's, of the worst interviews I've ever done, by the way. With who? With Mikami? Mikami. Wow, oh, he was what year? he was horrible to review. What year? The interview. Uh, two thousand fifteen, maybe. Oh, that's not it long ago. It was the first Evil it, Within. Why was it horrible? Uh, I mean, he was just like he. I mean, look, it, it was E three. I know E three is a, a long oh. and exhausting thing, but he he just seemed like he did not want to be there. Did not care about answering any questions. I mean, he answered questions, but it was just like. Like, think about, like, him just being, like, slumped in a chair and just, like, monotone answers to everything. And like, he'd rather be anywhere else. Mentally, he yeah, wasn't there. Like he'd rather be so anywhere else than with me in that little room <laughs> answering questions mm. about his game. Mm. Well, th- this piece was a pretty amazing piece because it covered his career. You know, he, he obviously was interviewed. And it just got into a lot of, like, certain things that I guessed as an outsider, like, certain things that I felt were kind of confirmed in this um uh i'll just give one tidbit away because it was like an hour one thing that was very interesting was the one the one game where he didn't care not not he didn't care in terms of like he didn't want the product to be bad but like he didn't care about corporate or business like for all the work he'd done over the years if you wanted to know what a game would be from him without any sort of outside direction or someone telling him what to do even though he knew from the start that the game wouldn't sell but it's a game he wanted to do for himself do you know what game that is hmm What's the weirdest, arguably the weirdest game he's ever been involved in that came out? And I would argue it has a cult following. And I remember, um, yeah, God, I hope I'm got the right guy. Yeah, it's Shinji Mikami, Resident Evil guy. Yep. Yep. Yeah, you're going to probably over... I'll give you one. If I give you a hint, you'll probably guess. You want to know the platform? Yeah. PS2. I'm trying to come PS2 games. It's just a game that immediately when you play it, and I remember importing it, and I tech you can technically get it on the digital store, believe it or not. Still was he? Uh, was he? Uh, was was he God Hand? Yep. Is it God Hand? Yep. yep. There you go. Yep. Um, but I'll, I'll send you the link later. So anyway, that that kind of goes back to that, and it gets into where you know because he's an older man now, and it actually kind of it gets into some of the stuff that I just said. But um, and I think the latest thing it's I'm going to get the name wrong. Is it Tokyo Ghost or Ghostwire? Oh, uh, Ghostwire. Yeah. So I think the deal with that is. Mm, I think it's one of those things where he's on the outside of it watching it and he wants like a new generation, you know, like a new generation of developers and whoever was behind it, the one of the main people I think left halfway through. But anyway, I'll, yeah, I'll send yeah. it What's, to you later. Uh, her name, the 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 crazy lady. I don't think he mentioned her, but I know who you're talking about. It's the one that the internet fell in love with. Yep, yep. Do you know why do you have any dirt on that? I'm sure not that you'd be able to say what, no. why did she leave? Yeah, I don't know. Like it was really, really weird and like kinda like Took people by surprise, and it's kind of sad because, like, yeah, because like, I would have really thought that would have been a hit. Being on the project, and yeah, mm. but um, 
outside of that, now we're almost at the 90-minute mark, but I'll blaze through some other topics here. I'll let you do a lot of the talking if you'd like. Let's start with this. Um, well, let's do a little plug. Uh, speaking of Capcom, one of our favorite companies of all time, don't forget to go to egmnow.com uh, and check out the Ghosts and Goblins review uh, that Molly just put up. Ghost Goblins so, Resurrection, uh, not a bad game. Um Unlike the PSP version, the PSP version, I think, kind of pushed the whole series forward. This is more about looking back. It's nostalgia. It is uh, a surprisingly decent game. I thought it was just going to be its kind of little, little throwaway title. It's really good, especially if you like the series. Um, but it has a big catch that can F you in the ass if you don't know about it. <laughs> and not in a good uh, way. I'll, I'll do some rapid fire here. Um, speaking of demos... Uh, what did you think of the Resident Evil Village demo? Didn't play it. Oh, okay. I didn't play uh, any did. of the demos this week. I didn't play that. I didn't play Guilty Gear, so I want to hear what you think about both. Uh, Guilty Gear Strive, the reason I haven't played it, I've watched uh, people like Maximilian okay. Dude play it, break it down. I've watched some videos. I haven't done it firsthand because I'm just going to wait for the full release. Um, the game looks unbelievable, I mean, visually. Um, you know, my only co- I'm going to tell you what my complaint's already going to be way down the road. I already know what's going to happen. It's launching with 15 characters. We know there's going to be a bunch of season passes and they're going to be hurting our pocketbook. With that said, though, as a game in and of itself and how it's looking, it just looks incredible. Uh, so that's Guilty Gear Strive. I did play the Resident Evil Village demo. Um, uh, look great. You know, I have interest in it. You know, there are people online saying, you know, that it looks it's stunning and this and that. I do believe the design, the architecture, the time period that it's trying to recreate in the, you know, the gothic element, the look. I mean, it's amazing craftsmanship. Um, but the game itself, I'm just shooting it straight, and this this isn't good or bad. You know, I, I got a similar feeling as to when I played Resident Evil Seven. So you, I said you take- I didn't like Seven, so I'm I I I need to go back to Seven. I need to give another chance, but I didn't I didn't like the beginning sections of Seven. So I'm curious to play Eight and see how I feel about that. If it's any different or not so now the most arguably the most unexpected thing to come out of this demo <laughs> is people being horny yeah because <laughs> and, and i gotta tell you something i don't know if this is slamming <laughs> myself here look i'm a human being and um you know i've got eyeballs and usually i'm one of the first people to point something like that out okay i'm trying to keep this clean and appropriate i gotta tell you someone uh, for someone even like me that can have his thoughts go to inappropriate places at the most inopportune of times, I never, I, this is going to, people aren't going to believe me. I never got that feeling. Play, it never even crossed my mind. So it was shocking that when I was done playing a demo and reading up on it, I'm like, what? And everybody has lost their mind over uh, this like eight foot, uh, scary demonic character. How 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 dare somebody from <laughs> Japan, and, and in this case, the person like from the team who I think designed her or whatever. How dare somebody from Japan say they were surprised 
yeah. at fans getting horny over a Japanese character. How dare they say that? Have, no, you, but it, have, it, have you not seen Japan <laughs> in, 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 in the last 50-some years? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I mean, I. I know. I sound like that guy. I read it after I thought that, and I was like, "Man, I got to agree with this guy." I, I'm shocked too, <laughs> but I guess you never know how the people are going to react. So now, you know, obviously they're going to take that ball and run with it. You See, know, I. I, I yeah. know. I. I. God, I don't want to say things, but um, I know too much about like the monster musume side of the world and stuff like that to ever be surprised by this <laughs> okay I know. I, I know way too much about this kind of stuff to ever be surprised um i'll rapid fire but no but i mean like oh, like yeah. like it it's i'm curious like capcom first of all has to be loving this oh absolutely right because yeah Free publicity out the you wazoo. Got it. You got um, it. I mean, Capcom's already a company that has characters that are beloved, but this mm-hmm. character's kind of like wildfire, and it's it's even if it's like one percent more sales, like it's 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 mm-hmm. gonna mean more people are gonna try to play the game for that. And yeah, they have to just be be loving it. Yeah. I, oh, I'm sure they're on the they're on the horn right now with. Uh, toy company manufacturers and those resin model kits and stuff. So there's going to be, but it's yeah. So it's yeah, it's funny. It's funny. Somebody like there's point out like how funny is it that the 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 super collector's edition for the game has like the Chris statue and not the giant vampire mom statue? Like oh well yeah. Like, who the how heck, crazy who would it get? go like oh. if they had put her in as the statue? Oh. Like like. How would those sales be right now? Like they have to be killing them. Like they love the attention, but they have to be kicking themselves over the fact that you they know didn't what though, because you know Capcom loves reissuing stuff and doing eighteen versions of the that, same yes. game. You know, if they do like a complete version, like in eighteen months, let's say after a couple season passes and all that, if they reissue it, you know, they could be smarty pants and reissue it again with a limited set and put that in there for like two forty nine ninety nine. Or or just have a, a two ninety nine just statue of her by herself and and it'll sell out. <laughs> those those uh, anime pillows, <laughs> the, the really big <laughs> one. Oh my god, that's coming. That has to be coming. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> lord. Uh, it's going to be in the Cero Z uh, section of the <laughs> store in Japan. <laughs> so, um, speaking of Capcom, I haven't downloaded this yet. It is on my wish list. I just haven't. Plunk the money down. The latest season pass of Street Fighter Five, which kicked off with Dan. Uh, I don't know the full story as to what's going on here, but I heard there were some glitches and issues that have to get patched. Did you hear about this? I, I yeah, I, I, I did. I did the season pass. I have not had a chance to to play it yet. I've been interested, but I have not heard about that. So I'm, I'm curious. Like I know there's there was huge amounts of of. Oh, I, the one thing I did hear is they screwed up the audio because the audio yeah, got it was, there was a couple from weird stereo things. to mono. Yeah, yeah. Um, in lighter and brighter Capcom-ish fighting game news, how about this? But by the way, by the way, by the way, by the way, yeah. You know, since we were talking about PS3 just a little while ago, like how how nice is it to have Capcom back? Oh, I yeah. Now don't put yourself with the jinx on it. 
You know. Don't put the jinx on it. <laughs> we got Match of the Millennium. Yes. I did download that. Uh, trip down memory lane. So on the Switch eShop, seven ninety nine. And uh, for those who don't know, Living Under a Rock SNK made some sort of a uh, incomplete pseudo announcement saying that those SNK, those Neo Geo Pocket games, would be coming in physical form, a physical pack, in the future. And I believe that does include Match of the Millennium. So something yeah. must have gotten worked out to get permission because of the Capcom characters in that game. Yeah, I'm trying to remember if there was anything. Like, I don't think. Because I kind of wish they wouldn't do that physical release until they have a few more games, like uh, yeah. Gal Fighters and stuff. Yep. Um, but, you know, it's it's funny because I wrote that article um, about the game, and it, it's just, you know, thinking back about, like, how how crazy was it that you had one of the biggest, like, rivalry fulfillment, dream fulfillments of all time, and the, the f- fighting game company versus fighting game company and the first fighting game we got was a neo geo pocket fight it's crazy two two buttons yep only a couple of colors in the screen like 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 having having thought back about that right in the article like it was just so bizarre to have that be the first fulfillment of that dream <laughs> But it's still a fun. It's still it's still a fun yeah. game. But you have to take it with what it is and what it was. You know, like mm-hmm. like I mean, I would never seriously play that as a fighting game at this point. But it is fun to just kind of go back and remember. Oh it. yeah, yeah. I mean, a trip down memory lane, and yeah, all the feedback online, uh, you know, has been positive. So that's a good sign. So hopefully, we get more. Well, I, you know, the next thing at the very least, I want something bigger than this. But at the very least, we've got to get the Capcom. Ver- uh, Versus SNK Card Fighters Clash Neo Geo Pocket version. Yeah, that, on that has to that has that That's has gotta, to come. Like that has to be. Um, yeah, I said hopefully whatever whatever got kept on got worked out because yeah. that's I mean that's to me like these fighting games are are neat, mm-hmm. but that's the legitimate that's the one game for, that could come back. Yeah. And here's the thing: my suggestion to fans out there or on the fence or even with this. I say download it quick, and we're not being paid to say it. Download it now, because you never know with something like this, with a license like that in a year or two or whatever, if it disappears off the shop. So uh, that, that, that's actually intent- the reason I I broke down and got the um the Scott Pilgrim physical version. Yeah, I I did just because well. I I don't know that I trust that game's going to stick around again. Mm-hmm. You know, did you see the crazy sales numbers? Uh, I love talking numbers. Did you see the numbers for Limited Run? How much that sold? Mm-mm. I believe, and I, I believe it may be more than this because this was after the first couple days. You, now, this is for Limited Run games, mind you. You know, we're not talking big publisher. I believe it's their highest purchased game of all time, and it's well over twenty five thousand copies. I think so wow. far and counting. And I know it was more than that. Yeah. So, can you imagine that day shipping? So, uh, beyond that, something that I'm in love with visually, I won't spend a lot of time on this. I could talk about it for 20 minutes, but I won't because we're going as long as we have. Maybe I'll do it again next time. I am in love with the visuals of uh, 
Project Triangle Strategy, which is not the final name mm. of that title coming out on Switch in 2022 by Square Enix. Uh, it seems like it's using, I'm assuming, a variation of the Octopath Traveler engine. Yeah. Yep. Man, I love that look. Because it's like it's like if you... To me, it's almost like... It's this weird hard to put my finger on it like a super nintendo playstation like it's like a super nintendo and playstation kind of had a baby in yeah. 2021 somehow but it doesn't look wrong like the sprites don't look janky or messed up it looks authentic i, I was kind of telling someone else is kind of a joke i said this is probably more of the look of what gaming would be today if i was like in charge of gaming as a whole and we never fully went to 3D development, it would be something like this? Yeah, you know it, what I mean? It, it, it is, yeah, it's a really interesting... It, like... It kind of... It, you know, you know it... I'm trying to think, because I, I, I wanted to say maybe it kind of reminds me of, of Saturn. Um, uh, and so, yes, I well, got because, that. Just because, because Saturn yeah. was that way where mm -hmm. they... Because it wasn't a 3D console, so they kind of did that weird thing of like 3D backgrounds and then 2D sprite characters. Yes. Uh, but no, I, I do think, you know what? It almost, like, I, like, could you picture it as maybe being the Super Nintendo CD? Uh, yes, which, which where, I know it sounds stupid, which is the PlayStation because it was supposed to. Right. Yes, absolutely. Where, absolutely. Where, where you, you, you give... You know, if you think about the Sega CD, right? Like that brought in three th these these th these kind of sort of three D abilities um, to Genesis games, but you still had a lot of like, okay, they're doing some a little bit of three D stuff, and then like like two D sprites over that. You know, like mm -hmm. I could have I could have seen the, the the Super Nintendo CD being like, okay, we can do these three D backgrounds now, mm -hmm. but we're still doing the characters as two D. Yes, I I'm a hundred percent with you on that. That's exactly it. And and the new uh the the Suikoden like spiritual successor uh Ayudin Chronicles oh yeah I is forgot about that. also doing that same style and yeah I I love it like I was saying on Twitter I think um that I would like to see Final Fantasy VI remade this way yeah because it's just there's there's been this problem of like how do you bring these older two mm -hmm. D sprite based sixteen bit rpgs into the new era and so many attempts have gone horribly wrong yeah like, this I, is, I think this is it i think this is the way you do it and also the um the developer who did the uh what is it cthulhu saves a day i can't remember z boyd z boyd games maybe um but the, the main guy from that he actually posted some some mock-ups of of a Lunar Eternal Blue remake. Oh my god! Using the same same style, really, and it looks great. Like I, I think, yeah, I think, I think, I just, I love this style, and I think there's a lot that can be done with it before it gets overused. I agree because this, you know, one of the things for people like you and I, we're always so picky with how sprites look, or they look funky, or they don't look authentic. I mean, I'm someone who's as picky as it comes when it comes, you know, with that, I, I don't have any complaints. It doesn't look wrong. Nope. Does that, you know what I'm trying to say? It, 
the the options, the amount of stuff that they can do is just uh, boy. I hope that trend. You know, as for as much of that garbage, that flash look, and certain styles that corp- corporate loves to shove down gamers' throats that gamers don't like. I hope this is one, and I don't want to eat these words. I hope this is one that kind of gets shoved down our throats a bit with some classics because I love that look. Yeah, I mean, they said the good thing about it is like, is is it can either work for a brand new project or mm-hmm. it can work for bringing back old games but right. upgrading them. Like it can work in multiple right. ways. So I I love it, and yeah, I'm I'm with you. I want to see I want to see more of it. Yeah, it's like if you don't have the budget for Final Fantasy VII Remake because everything can't be that, and you know certain titles will lend itself to that better than others. Like some of that <clears throat> the <clears throat> earlier sixteen bit or stuff that doesn't need a you know fifty million dollar project. This this is the way to go. Okay, since you mentioned it, just just really really quick, how 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 funny is it that Square Enix is remaking Final Fantasy VII again? <laughs> It's just funny the way you ask it, the way you say just, it. I mean, no, it's just, it's just like because I, I remember back when that guy stood on stage and he's like, "You've been waiting for Final Fantasy VII to come back. Here you go." And it was just like the original Final Fantasy VII, just kind of like with some up-res graphics. Yeah. And then later they're like, "No, wait, really? We're remaking Final Fantasy VII." And and now they're like, "No, wait, we're remaking Final Fantasy VII again." And no, we're even making all the Final Fantasy VII games again. <laughs> it's so uh, weird. I mean, I mean, here's the deal. We knew it was coming to PS5. Uh, you know, they just keep getting tricky with all these little. Is it? Is it ever coming to like Xbox? I thought about. Com- I felt it, bad is it because to I switch. Yeah, it was. You know, if you if for those that own Final Fantasy VII Remake on the box, it. I believe it says one year exclusivity on PlayStation consoles, so we are coming up one year is in two months. Yeah, but they no, they they. I've heard that they extended it. I don't know for how long. Oh, for um, real? And that's what I heard. I don't. I don't know for certain. Really? But I'm. I'm willing to bet, like, that when it was announced that like Microsoft was buying Bethesda, Sony's just like, oh. "F you, we're gonna like keep keep as many games as possible from going to Xbox now." Mm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, I just found it funny. I just found it funny that like be- before they told us like, oh, remaking Final Fantasy VII is too hard. We can't do it. And and now they have two completely separate remakes for Final Fantasy VII. Hey, not to get us a uh, uh, yet another uh, misdirection. You a little surprised we haven't heard uh, Near coming to Switch yet? Near. Yeah, I just I'm just throwing I, it out I'm there. I'm more surprised we still haven't gone Persona Five. Yeah, that's like that's that, another that good. Really, that really shocked. Like near, yeah. I don't. Mm. That's another good point. But here's the deal: Nintendo, you know, is going to have more directs and all that this year, and we're just getting started. You know, they just got done with their. They had their direct. They had the Pokemon direct. There was a PlayStation mm. uh, showcase. So you know that could come any. Uh, yeah, I, I could. Moment, I could maybe but, see that. Yeah. I don't know. Like um, I said, the to go back to Switch real quick. Like Switch is is in a really weird place with Japanese games right now. In terms of like what it gets and what it doesn't get. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I wonder if Near is more being targeted toward the West, 
And because of that, maybe it won't hit switch, but I don't know. Mm. Hey, you ready for this Inspector Clouseau work I did? I don't think I said this on the show. I don't think I said it out loud. I only told one or two people privately. So, you know, I'm excited for the near replicant uh, re-release, right? It looks. Yeah, I'm I watched sorry. Like I'm sorry. F- wait, 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 wait. I thought which which near were you asking me about for Switch? Oh no, you you were correct. I was okay. talking about uh, Automata. No, okay, I was wrong then. I thought I thought you meant the the replicant. Oh no, not yet. Well, I, I yes, figured the other Automata. One first, I am. I could see that for Switch, like yeah. that one. I could see. So I am kind of surprised that one hasn't hit. Yeah. But I, I was doing some homework on Replicant. When I mean by homework, for those who are wondering, that means I took three seconds of my life and went to Wikipedia. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I want to see who's developing this. Because I'm like, oh, Platinum did. Oh, let's, I'm going to test you. Do you know who's doing the new, the new Replicant? <sighs> I don't think... I don't think what I have do. you what have you thought do you think it's feasible what is it would one be crazy to think it would be platinum yes I, I totally okay. do not think it's platinum okay I, I, I think I I think because I think that would have been pushed a much more if it was <laughs> I'm trying to the team that's <sighs> doing it I don't know their name I'm gonna look it up but you ready for this and I'm not trying to say this to poop on look I got a copy prepaid so I'm just throwing that out there. I mean, the I'm game should come out and be trash. I'm trying to remember if I've heard of I'm who still it is buy or not. It. But, but it's, it's, a something like, it's something where I feel like there's a reason that I can't instantly answer this. Oh, yeah. You like, if it was Platinum, I could instantly answer this. I might have texted it to you. Come on, where is this? Why am I not seeing the page now? Maybe they knew what I was up to and they pulled the... <laughs> they pulled the page well i won't leave people hanging while i look for the official it's going to make me seem like a liar i know i read this i believe it was the team that was primarily behind uh the contra rogue core oh shut up <laughs> to, to, to 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 use a a a popular anthony phrase oh shut up it is not it is to, not i swear to god i swear stop and I, and I, I swear to god <laughs> I swear, if it is not, then I have gone through a parallel universe. Because I, I swear to God, Molly, I okay. Um, uh, well, it mentions Toy Logic. Yeah, there you go. Oh no! Don't, don't tell. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Now I'm gonna throw. Now you know me. I love being nosy, right? <laughs> so I saw that, right? Now, do you want me to? Uh, take this con- just make this more complex so you know because I have no life I love watching Kamiya's Twitter feed right and do you remember I have my out there theories in the past like for example you remember when Resident Evil 2 was in development or whatever and I'm like god this is weird I'm like he's at the Capcom office and he's not working like and I saw him like congratulating or tweeting photos of Resident Evil 2, and I'm like, God, this is weird. Like, Platinum's not doing this game. Do you, do you remember any of this? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And I, this is me guessing now. My guess <clears throat> maybe just because they're both in Osaka or whatever the case is, and it was originally his project, maybe he 
You know, maybe it's like friends at different jobs or something. He like wants to give pointers. This is what I'm imagining in my head off like a photo. So why am I telling you this? Why am I bringing this guy up again? So this near replicant, which looks fantastic. I watched 15 minutes of it. I've seen the trailers. And there's this toy logic involved, right? I saw Kamiya recently tweet something about near replicant. Now, someone can go, so what? He hit a button. But you know the deal. He's got to be watching this, or he's in communication with someone there. And I'm just going to leave it at that. So I don't know if this is one of those things where, you know, even though Platinum isn't contracted or the main people programming this, but they have a vested interest, because I would think... We're probably going to get more near down the road, right? And I would, I would, I'm guessing yeah. again, I'm doing a lot of guessing here. I would imagine Platinum's probably going to work on another. Do you, okay, do you think it would be out of line to think Platinum will work on another near game down the road? I, I think we, I, I think, I don't know that I want it, but I think Square would be really stupid to not okay. make like an Automata 2. So here's my business theory. And I, I think you don't mess up that, that formula. Okay. Because I'm sure nobody put as much time into this and thought as I have. Would, you, would I be crazy to think that they have a vested interest in making sure that the latest near doesn't shit the bed? Because you don't want that blemish in between the two titles? Yeah, I mean, I, I think... I, I think there's... Way more pressure on Nier now than like there was when this game originally came out. So I, I like, I mean, Contra Two is weird, right? Because so I'm looking at a list of like what this this company's done, and they did mm-hmm. things like Dragon Quest Eleven. Yeah, they did oh, yes. Super Smash Brothers so- Brawl. They worked in some part <clears throat> Super Smash Brothers Brawl on on the Wii. Uh, mm-hmm. They did Happy Dungeon. I don't know anything about that. But then a few other like decent games, although they did the first Evil Within. So I have to imagine that Contra was just maybe like throw them X amount of dollars, not not a lot of support, not a lot of money, not a lot of time to make something and throw it out. Yeah, and I'm telling you this to stir the pot a bit. I I knew it was going to get a reaction out of you. I, I truly agree with what you're saying, and I also think this. I'll give a movie analogy when you're an actor or actress you're kind of only as good as a script you're given right or you know and they need to eat so you know it's one of those things where maybe they knew it or that's that's what you know that's that's what they were given and that's what they put out but I had to throw that out there because that's certainly the and you know the deal what made me look because I wanted to know platinum was doing it so that's why I looked so when I looked and I didn't see platinum I was like ooh. I'm like, who's doing this? And then I saw that, and then I saw Contra. I said, oh. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, I think if I'd only seen that game, I would be worried. But when looking at yeah. like the other stuff they've yeah. wor- worked on, I'm, I'm not really worried. And I think Contra had to have been a something about Konami, maybe hopefully less than them. So, Can I ask you one more thing that's weird since we're talking about Nier? And this is so out there, like. I got a random, random, random question for you. There's a character name in the, one of the characters' names in Near. 
I'm going to ask you if you've ever seen the name before. Okay. Have you ever have you ever seen that name Amel before? Yes. Oh, you have. Well, I know that this is I mean, weird. This isn't anything video game related, by the way. This has nothing to do with video games. Okay, wait. Do you mean outside of video games? Yeah, just in general in life. Have you ever seen that name? I mean, like Emil Lagasse, like the cook. That's Emerald. Chef? That's Emerald. Oh, right. Okay. Um, I mean, so it's, I'll tell you, it's it's lime backwards. So here's the crazy thing: why it sticks out to me. And this is <clears throat> my father, who's passed. Mm-hmm. That was his name. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I swear to God. Did he have a giant moon head? No. <laughs> I have to bring it up because I. So here, and I'll say this because it's part of my heritage. I'm not. I'm not. Wait, I'm wait, wait, wait. Hang on, oh. hang on. Just, just for for my sake <laughs> and the sake of our listeners. Did, were you just asking me if I knew your dad's name? Was that no, the well, question no, that you no. were asking me? It's the way I worded it because I'm just saying the reason I ask because it's not a common name is what I'm getting yes. at. So to see that name, that's why I'm asking him. Like, have you ever seen that? You know, like whether it be in books or movie right. or. So I can tell. I know that name. That name is German. So anyway, okay. that's, that makes sense. That's, yeah, that makes sense. That's a little side note. So, yes, it's just very weird to see that name. Yeah, that's it in that title. So mm. I, I had to get that off my chest and share. So uh, I will say this to make, on a, to make people laugh. I know my parents, before I was born, they were arguing a little bit as to what to name me. Some of the names, I won't even tell you what they are. Uh, I will tell you. I'm so happy I didn't get that name. <laughs> I say, were they going to call you Lime? No, because my father's Lime was Amel, but he was technically Amel Junior, so I would have been Amel the Third. Ah. And my mom didn't want that name. And uh, I will tell you something crazy. Do you know what name I almost got? <clears throat> Nick. Nick. Yeah, almost got Nicholas. Uh huh. It's but. it's 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 one of those things where like, you know, because we think about this with our twins, it's. At a certain point, like you can't think of somebody with any any other name but their name. Right. So I'm like, could I could I think of you as a Nick? And I don't know because it's not your name, you know. Right. It's, it's just I gotta like, say, just, I complain about a lot of things in life, but you know, I actually don't mind my name. The now I'm gonna work this this conversation. I don't know how it's getting it's gonna be taken by fans. They'll probably tune out, but. Um, my story, or at least part of the story as to how I got my name, I don't like. I actually like the, like the name Anthony, not to sound conceited. I don't mind the name Anthony, right? And it's, you know, I'm originally from the East Coast. and uh, But in part, at least, you ready for this crap? Part of the reason that Anthony was picked was because my mom was a big fan of the famous bowler Earl Anthony. I mean, that's <laughs> basically how a lot of names get picked. Yep, it's just something pop culture at the time. Yeah, and yeah. and you're you're forever straddling. You're forever, <laughs> you know, giving your child a name that you picked because Ooh. you're watching WandaVision <laughs> and somebody in that. Yeah, Wanda. <laughs> I should call my kid Quicksilver. 
hey, what do you think? Because I'll say this. Which I guess I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's a spoiler. I'm sorry for anybody who who cares about WandaVision. Okay, for for the two people out there who who are watching WandaVision, haven't watched that episode yet, and listened to this podcast, I apologize to you too. Hey, what do you think of, and I actually don't, I really don't think this is a bad name. It's a, uh, but what do you think in recent years, there was a trend and, you know, it changes every year of some girls being named Nevaeh, which is heaven backwards. Oh, is there? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That's what it is. So if you see Nevaeh, have you seen that name? I have not. Yeah. If I've seen it, and it, I mean, not like people I know in my life, hmm. but like more, you know, like whether it be online or pop culture or whatever. But yeah, if you ever see it, next time you see it, it's like NIV. E-H-E, however it is, backwards. You spell it backwards, it's heaven. Yeah, I... I I, <clears throat> I think my wife and I both were, were, like, very good about, like, not wanting to do those weird names for our kids. Right, right. You know, like, we just want names that work in, in both languages, and that's all we want, and not, like, anything out there. <laughs> right, that's the way to you go, know. you know? Not, like, but, KitchenAid uh, or... or... <laughs> Revelation or, or whatever else. Oh, Stadia. <laughs> can, can we real quick? Can we real quick? I know we need to end this podcast. Yeah. Can, can yeah. we real quick? I, I send this yeah. to, to Anthony. Can we real quick talk about the fact we mentioned Yuji Naka? I mean, yeah, yeah, Yu Suzuki before. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Yu Suzuki, whatever. But can we talk about the fact that that Hideo Kojima goes to Stadia? Oh, says I want to make a game for Stadia, something that. 99% of human beings will never utter from their lips. I want to make a game for Stadia, and Stadia's like, eh, no, we're okay. I don't know. Think about, like, how over the moon, like, the entirety of Microsoft would be if if Hideo Kojima walked in and was like, I want to make a game for you guys, you know? No, and, and the thing is, is like, that's the... Yeah, like you're getting into the games industry, so you're looking for talent, you're looking for a name. So that's the thing you have to take into consideration as well. It's not some and, weird and, and endeavor. And he literally wanted, yeah. to make a, he wanted to make a game I, that you I, couldn't yeah. do on any other platform that had I, to be streaming only, and it would have shown off your console. And yep. in the meantime, you're paying... The, the, a report came out that they were paying like tens of millions of dollars... To get ports of Red Dead Redemption and Div- the Division Two and stuff like that on their console, and they could have had a game from Hideo Kojima that would have showed off the technology, and they said, "Meh." And you know what's crazy? It would have, while not a huge market, it would have got suckers like me to at least take a second look at Stadia, which would have been the goal, you know, for them. From a- now, here's the thing: you need to clarify real quick as we wrap up. So. I've followed some of the Stadia stuff, much of which you send my way. Here's where I'm confused. So I understand first part, we'll call it first party in-house development from Google is done, right? Yes. They axed it, correct? But yes. here's my question. Is the platform dead? Is it going to thrive just based off third parties? Is this like a Vita situation for a lack of a better analogy? Well, I mean, okay, so here, here's, here's, I mean, that's that's the big question right now is, is nobody knows because the facts are Stadia was way below numbers in terms of the 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 amount of subscribers and the amount of users that that google wanted okay i real quick if 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 you don't know what stadia is and i don't blame you (laughs) it's google's streaming video game service where you can play games on 
uh, a Google Pixel smartphone. I don't think it's anything else yet. Uh, you can play on your computer. You can play on your TV with a, with a certain specific Chromecast. Mm-hmm. But the, the catch is, is it's not like Game Pass where you pay money and then get a bunch of games for, for technically free. Uh, you have to buy every game on Stadia like you would buy on Xbox or PlayStation normally. You pay like 60 bucks for your copy of Red Dead Redemption 2. But the catch is, is, is you own you own nothing like you're just you own the streaming rights to that game so if the system if the service gets gets taken down you lose all your games they just don't exist anymore google they, they bought like i think like, like typhoon the people who made journey to savage planet they bought that that indie developer they they set up some other teams they brought in jade raymond to to run a team and they brought in some other people and they recently said we're canceling all development on our part for stadia and they said we're still going to have Stadia as a platform where companies can bring in their games, put them on Stadia, and have that as a service for. Well, they also said they can. They're going to have the technology available for partners to stream their games. So it makes me wonder if they might potentially kill Stadia, but then set up maybe like if Ubisoft wants its own specific streaming service, you know, they could do like the Ubisoft streaming network or whatever. Mm. Um, but so the, the problem that we find ourselves in right now, Stadia is you have the company who makes the platform say they're not investing in making games for it, which is a big red flag right there. Right. There's no right. confidence left there. The, the platform wasn't large. And so like I was just saying is they've had to spend I don't know if it was like hundreds of millions or, or, or tens of millions at the very least to get games onto the platform. Things like they had to pay for getting Division 2 to come over. They had to pay for Red Dead Redemption 2 because the problem is Stadia works off of Linux. And there's a lot of PC games that don't have Linux versions. So a Linux right. version has to be made at some point so they can run in Stadia. Okay, so... The, the concern is, is Google is showing no faith in the platform. They're not making any games themselves for it. They've cut all their development out. And you then ask yourself, are they going to continue to spend money to get third-party games onto Stadia? That we, I don't think we know right now. We can't say either way for sure. So if they don't, then a lot of the the games that Stadia does have wouldn't come o- have come over because there's no money going to those companies to bring them over. And other companies have to be looking at Stadia and saying, wait a minute, these, these guys... Like, I mean, imagine Sony launches a PS5 and then a year in says, we're not making any more games for this. Yeah, there's right? no way. Yeah, you beat I mean, look, the punch. I mean, look at the Vita. For... It happened the Vita. It happened the right. Vita, right? It was never the same. It was... Yeah. It did have some... That was, and that's a little different because that was so niche and... But yeah, I I was gonna say this thing just came out in November 2019. It's been yeah. just over a year. So I mean that 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 did happen with the Vita, and look at the, the the drop in confidence that happened when that happened. You know, it was never the same. Yeah. So and then you're talking about a platform again that if it that you have to pay for each game you want, if that platform goes away, you lose the access. So I think the question now is, are 
our consumers still going to have faith in it? Our developers going to have faith in it? Our publishers going to have well, faith in it? You know? And I have to say this, and I guess the entry point is my, my, I'm already answering my question. I have a big confession to make to you. I didn't realize the consumer still had to pay for each individual game. I did think it was like a game pass or yeah of course of course so if you're paying for each one with nothing i mean at the very least what i know the answer i'm going to say this and people are going to be like well it's because you always get top performance pc level streaming as long as you're i know that but like generally speaking yeah why wouldn't i get a xbox or playstation or put my faith in that still because 60 bucks a pop still i yeah I don't. Well, so okay, so let me let me go real quick. Um, let's find out. All right, so I'm gonna log into my CD account. While you're looking that up and yeah, not well, to open well, yeah. a new can of worms, I, you know the, the the gaming device that I am surprised in recent years that didn't work out that I would have thought would have worked out very well, and I never had one was the uh, Steam machine. Yeah, I I think Valve just that problem with Valve. I think is that they just don't commit. Mm-hmm. To to things, you know, they have a really bad problem with that. If right, I mean, same thing with with uh, Steam overall. You know, is is there's a lot of that where just they kind of make it run and then don't you know do the kind of updates and care for it that they should be doing. It's weird. Okay, so let's see. All right, so um, I'm in my Stadia. Let's go Stadia store. So let me give you a few just. Price examples. Now, some of this stuff is on sale right now, mm. uh, so that doesn't count. And also, to be clear, there there is a subscription service, but the subscription the subscription service uh, a gets you some free games like PlayStation Plus and Xbox Live Gold, and b lets you stream in 4K. So, if you want to play games in 4K, you have to subscribe. Wow. Otherwise, it's like 1080p is the max. So the problem is there's a lot of like games on sale. Okay, so like Little Nightmares 2 just came to the platform. That's that's thirty dollars right there. So like okay, so Doom Eternal Standard Edition is sixty dollars. Mm-hmm. Marvel's Avengers, if it's not on sale, is sixty dollars. Uh the Superstar Edition of Madden NFL twenty one is seventy nine ninety nine. Jesus Christ. F one twenty twenty deluxe Schumacher edition is sixty nine ninety nine. Uh ass old Laura Croft and Temple of Osiris is nineteen ninety nine. See new releases. Shantae Risky's Revenge: The Director's Cuts ten bucks. Uh, oh, there's there's no new releases. I shouldn't have looked at new releases. Uh, what's like popular? Okay, Cyberpunk. Let's see. Well, I, I, like Assassin's Creed Valhalla is sixty nine ninety nine. Watch Dogs Legion six You know, so they're they're. Basic right. game prices, and again, right. if you buy one of these games and the surface goes down, the game's just gone. Man, because even like digital, right? Even like if the game is pulled from the store, you, and even if worst case scenario you can't even re-download it, if you at least have that game on your console, right? On Xbox and PlayStation and Switch, like you can still, the game still exists. You can still play it. Right. I mean, Rage Two is still sixty bucks. Jesus. So yeah, I mean, this it's just it's it's craziness. Well, on uh, on that note, I will do a close out here. I want to thank the fans for listening. I'm glad we got to record again fairly soon after our 
recent recording. Our, we're two in to 2021 now. And uh, don't forget to check out radio.morningproject.com, our home base. Um, at Morn Radio on Twitter, 24 bit AJE for myself, at Molly Penn, M O L L I P E N. And last but not least, don't forget to check out the wonderful egmnow.com. So, with that, on behalf of Molly and myself, Anthony, until next time. Says she's angry at a bug that's flying her way.